4: This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on v
2: hey, it's the Lombardi Line proudly brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Remember, if you're in Vegas, bring your state-issued ID to any MGM property. You're ready to go. They've got the new app, which has been reconfigured. really reactive for in-game bettors. Go to BetMGM.com, download the app, 21 years or older, 1-800-GAMBLER. If you have an issue, Michael Lombardi there. I'm Patrick Maher here as we welcome you in. Hope you're having a nice weekend. To our friends at Marquee Masson, we said goodbye. Nesson, we welcome you in and happy holidays. Uh, We talked about Vrabel. So Vrabel's sitting on a seven and four record. He's at the only one loss team today in the Eagles. How about this? I'm going to set you up. Vrabel has a winning record when the Titans find themselves as dogs. He's 22 and 17 straight up as a dog. How about this? When Vrabel and the Titans are underdogs of a field goal or more, he's 21-7 ATS. That's 75%. What is the correlation here? Vrabel, as a dog, has been awesome in his career. We talk about how great he is. Let's set up the number. Tennessee's catching four and a half at Philly.
4: Yeah, I mean, this is a fascinating game. This game's going to kind of have implications throughout the rest of the season, Uh, and it's starting with how Tennessee wants to play the Eagles, right? So To play Philadelphia, and we saw it with Lincoln Riley's offense on Friday night, and we'll see it all through college football, this six-back attack where the quarterback is really part of the run game. And it's the single wing, no doubt. And, and yet the quarterback does make throws. But for Tennessee, to play a six-back attack, you've got to be really strong inside. You've got to have defensive tackles and a Mike linebacker that can take away the inside run because you have to set your defense from the outside in, meaning that you've got to be able to force the edge on both sides. I think we saw it yesterday. You see it all throughout the week. You'll see the, the, a, an offensive lineman pulling one way and then running back the other way. So they run counter one way and pull back. So there's no – you really don't get a sense of where the edge has to get set. you got to set the edge on both sides. So you have to force your defense to go outside in, which is not typically how you play defense. Defense usually go outside, inside out. You go outside in with this. You need a really good free safety. They have one in Bayard. You need a really good Mike linebacker. They have one in Long. And you need defensive linemen that can run. They have that. So this is going to be a hard game for Philadelphia because of the way the Titans play. They only want to rush four. They're athletic, and they can chase a quarterback down. The problem's going to be can Tennessee move the football. Everybody talks about the Eagles' run defense the last few weeks, which has not been very good. You know, they haven't been able to really handle it. Gave up 152 when they played at home to Washington. But, you know, they're going into this game. Tannehill's going to have to make some plays in the passing game. They get Jordan Davis back inside, which will help to go along with Damakensu and Linville Joseph. So they're better inside than they've been in a long time, getting Jordan Davis back, along with Fletcher Cox, who hasn't made enough plays for them this year. So I think this is a fascinating game. And the way that Vrabel plays the Eagles, if he has any success – It will be the way most teams played. But let's stop there for a moment, Patrick. The teams that play this style, Indianapolis, they've had success against them. Washington, this is the way Washington played them. That's the way you have to do this. Indianapolis played them as well as you can. They gave them 314 yards. Keep in
2: mind, Michael, no team has cleared the 20-point mark versus the Titans since week three. The team total bet right now, as far as the total on the Eagles today, is 24. I'm just going to throw that at you, and you just nailed it. Activating Jordan Davis is huge for this Eagles defense. Over the past four games, this Eagles defense has given up 131 and a half on the ground, so they've struggled. The key to that run game is in the middle with Jordan Davis and also – uh, they're going to be without Gardner Johnson the safety because of that lacerated kidney.
4: So what, what you're in the NFL and you're in week 13 of the season, you're looking at similar teams that play your style and how they, how they reacted. So the Green Bay game last week is insignificant because Green Bay is not set up to play the way Tennessee set up. The relevant game is Dallas, okay? Dallas right. held Philadelphia to 268 yards that night. You know the relevant game is Arizona because they play similar to that. They have speed on defense. They're not great on defense, but they can run. The similar game would be Indianapolis and Washington. Those would be the games that 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 if you're if you're Mike Vrabel, you're watching and seeing how that. And the Eagles have slowly not been the same team offensively. Now they gained 500 yards against Green Bay. But that was, Green Bay's had throw that out there. You know, 314 against Indianapolis, 264 against Washington, you know, 268 against, against Dallas. I mean, that's going to be the game. And Hurts is going to have to make plays in the passing game. Remember, the Eagles are 27th in the National Football League in attempts passing. This is a running offense. This is a six-back running offense. And if they get behind in the game, that's when we're going to see a problem. When
2: you say six-back, six, six back, we say it all the time, and, and I love the new wrinkle. Just for new viewers, explain what you mean when you say six-back offense.
4: All right, so every offense has five skilled players that are eligible to go into a route, okay? So today's football, that's three receivers, a tight end, and a running back. Those are the five skilled players. When you run a six-back attack, you add the quarterback as another skill player involved in the offense. You say, well, Patrick Mahomes is involved in the offense. No, they never call a run for Patrick Mahomes. Right. He scrambles and makes plays, but they don't run power for Patrick Mahomes. They don't run counter for Patrick Mahomes. They don't run wide zone for Patrick Mahomes. He's not involved in the running game. So as a defensive coordinator, you have to account for Jalen Hurts. And every single play, besides passes, and this is not just RPOs. This is okay quarterback draw. This is quarterback counter. This is quarterback power. So when they're in an empty set, you still have to play the run. Th- there lies the difference. When you're in an empty set, you still have to play the run. And eventually, we're going to get to where we're going to see. They're back in the day and I show my age, but back in the day when the Packers ran their power sweep with Vince Lombardi, there was always a halfback pass off that power sweep. Horning was a quarterback in Notre Dame. And so eventually when these teams start to kind of get start to go back and study some of these single wings items, you're going to start to see more passes off of run plays, not as RPOs.
2: And by the way, hey, coaches, as you and I discussed, Sonny Dykes, this is for you, Vince Lombardi used to run the quarterback sneak. Yeah with a oh. lot
4: of efficiency, Patrick, run the I mean, freaking ball with the quarterback. Sneak it. I'm alone in the house. Bella's sitting there snoring, and I'm just like, hey, the was A-gap was wide open. The A-gap was wide open. Like, I don't know why. I didn't. I, I couldn't tell who was doing I I had to sound off. But, like, I'm screaming. Just sneak the ball left. There's nobody in that A-gap.
2: We're talking about TCU in overtime. They had two opportunities inches away from the goal line to score. They got snuffed. They ran the ball twice. They didn't quarterback sneak it with a big quarterback and dug in. Absolutely a debacle. How about this? The Tennessee Titans are a sharp play today, catching four and a half. The Tennessee Titans are 8-1 and ATS in their last nine games. That was snapped last week against Cincinnati. They're also 4-1 and ATS as an underdog in that span. So, again, Vrabel's been awesome as a dog. What's the Lombardi line? on the Titans Eagles.
4: Uh, I had this as a I have this as a six point seven game. And I think my numbers on Philadelphia and my game codes favor Philly. So I would have to play Philly if I played the game. I don't want to do that. I, I I don't think my numbers on Philly are as accurate as they need to be. I think my power rank I think Philly's power ranked is really good. We're starting to see them start to slide back a little bit. Uh, and so, I, I do think that Tennessee matches up. This matchup really does. Now, I think Philly will probably try to establish a little bit of the run. I mean, excuse me, try to throw the ball a little bit on early downs to try to see if they can loosen that, loosen their this Tennessee defense. But look, let's face it. Tennessee defensively goes into Kansas City and they they get a first down with 542 to go in the second quarter and they only get one the remainder of the game they you know and they played a double header on and they hung in there against against Kansas City's offense this team can hang in now they couldn't stop Cincinnati because Higgins made plays against their corner in man to man
2: Michael Lombardi, Jacksonville, Detroit. BetMGM is reporting they're writing up seventy-eight percent of their tickets on the Lions. Can we just pump the brakes a little bit? Yes, I know the Lions are playing better. Yes, I know their first-round draft pick, the wide receiver Jamison Williams, out of Bama, he's activated for this game. Jacksonville's a better team here. It's essentially a pick 'em in Detroit. One thing I will say is there's a huge difference when you dig through Lawrence's numbers. When he's blitzed, he's bad. When he's pressured, when he's not, he's awesome and Detroit just doesn't get the pressure you need I, I i see a mismatch with Jacksonville today but i could be wrong Detroit's played well at home
4: you know look i i i i think this Detroit's played better defense in the last few weeks you have to give them credit i mean they play yes. Buffalo as well as you can play i mean if Campbell doesn't mess up the end of the first half and the end of the game i think they would you know they've played much better not that they're a great defense and pressure does bother Lawrence, and you got to be able to take, force him to have to move, and then his mechanics start to fall apart. Yes. The other thing I think you got to be really careful if you're playing Jacksonville here is is they take way too many chances. I mean, they're 11 for 22 on fourth down. The only time we talk about them having success is when they go, went for it against Baltimore and they got it right. Like seriously, they've they've cost themselves a lot of games going back to the opener against Washington. I mean, they cost it. going for it on the giant game. I mean, I've said this all year. Jacksonville is on talent level, probably the most talented team in the South. They're just make way too many mistakes. And they have a defense that has not really progressed enough this season. I think, I think with Chark back, I think with Jamison Williams, I think with Swift healthy, I think Goff will play well today. I really do.
2: Now, again, when I talk about the Lions, uh, I am clouded with my misery growing up in Michigan. However, they are a perfect 4-0 ATS their last four games. Jacksonville's dropped 19 straight against an NFC opponent. But like you said, if we're just going on paper, there's a big difference. Jacksonville's a more talented team here.
4: No doubt, but I, I think you got to give him credit, and I and I I begrudgingly give him credit too, because I'm not a Campbell fan. I think he's not a strategist, and so I think he's cost him games. But they've got two home games coming up. This will be the the Buffalo was a home game. They played Buffalo well. I mean, they only gave Buffalo 326 yards. I mean, New England couldn't stop Buffalo last week. They played Buffalo better than New England did.
2: A friend texted me this morning. You're gonna laugh from Detroit. He said three words in the hunt. <laughs>
4: For what? I said, what are they in the hunt for? <laughs> Ca-
2: I mean, what are we hunting for? You tell me what Dan Campbell's hunting for, except more caffeine. Stafford's out. Seattle's in. Los Angeles next.
4: Listening to the Lombardi line on VSIN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
2: Hey, horse racing today, express bet slash horses for more information. Remember, when you sign up for First Bet, you get 10 bucks instantly plus a $200 deposit match bonus when you use the code HORSE200. For more information, it's pretty simple. Just go to slash horses. So, As we welcome you back, we're going to get to a great matchup. Miami and San Francisco. Miami banged up across the offensive front. As Stephen Bonner, our producer, mentioned, I think I've adequately teased Seattle and the Rams. let's get to that (laughs) marquee matchup. Okay, getting some lessons there. Let's go Seattle. Six and a half lanes. Now you, this is, I'm not going to give it away, but could be one of your games of the day. Seattle's dipped below that seven down to six and a half here, Michael. No Stafford who's been placed on the IR. It looks like it's going to be
4: Wolford. And no Aaron Donald, either. I mean, look, Seattle's on well, a two-game that's a losing streak.
2: Decision. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, that, right. I mean, Seattle's on a two-game losing streak. And last week, they did not play well defensively, but they they are able to kind of play better than they played against the Raiders. They gave up the long run against the Raiders to, to lose the game. They had opportunities. The quarterback exchange killed them in that game, but – for me, this is a game where I'm not sure how interested the Rams are. I'm sure they'll come out in the first drive of the game and move the ball. But the longer the game goes, Seattle's the better team. And as long as they stay away from Jalen Ramsey and don't try to throw the ball over, what has saved the Rams in terms of most of the season has been their ability to play in the red zone. I mean, they have, their ability to play red zone defense is the only thing that have kept these games from getting out of control. You know, I think they're the fourth best team in the red zone defense, second best team in red zone defense in the league this year, and they're not—they have no other strengths other than that. And they got that next week they play the Raiders on a Thursday night game, so it's a short week. This is a big game for Seattle. Seattle's got to come Huge. in here and play well. I think Kenneth Walker gets going without Aaron Donald in there. This front, you're going to take advantage of of a secondary that's not very good. And this offensive line for, for the Rams is not very good. John Wolford will make a few. Where are they throwing the football to? I like Seattle here. I don't understand why the line's moving towards the Rams. At 6.5, I think Seattle's a strong play.
2: 6.5 everywhere right now. That's a good job. We'll get to Michael's official place coming up in just a bit. How about this one? The Dolphins visit San Francisco. Also, Mike McDaniel returns to San Francisco. Again, he and Shanahan coached together for 14 years at various stops. This is very interesting, okay? Take a look. I know that Miami's a sharp play today. Miami's banged up across that offensive front. Armstead, both tackles are going to miss this matchup against San Francisco. Michael, it is 4.5. I do have
4: one shop at 5 with San Francisco laying it, hosting the Dolphins. Yeah, I think San Francisco's the sharp play, Patrick. I, I think that the line's moving towards them, right? I mean, you know, Atlanta, Miami, no, it opened at 3.5 and, and it went right to 4 right away, and now it keeps going to 5. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, to me, I think a lot of that is the injuries in this offensive line, the fact that San Francisco can put pressure on Tua. And if they put, Tua hasn't gotten hit since the Cincinnati game, frankly. Last week he got hit, and I wasn't sure he was going to get up. And without these tackles, Mike McDaniel's going to have to throw the ball quick and get it out of there. And can he run the football? Can he block this front? Armstead, Eric Armstead, who's missed a bunch of games, he's back in that front now in the defensive tackle. This is really a good front. And Miami's defense, which has kind of gotten by from playing a soft schedule. Detroit moved the ball on them. Chicago moved the ball on them. I mean, Houston moved the ball on them in the second half. Uh, I think this will be a real challenge for Miami. This is a step up. They've gotten away from their schedule. They've got to go play Buffalo next week. They've got to go – no, excuse me. They've got to play the Rams next week or the Chargers next week. And then they go to Buffalo. They've got a three-game road trip. This will be a challenge, especially with an offensive line on the road in San Francisco against the best front in football.
2: The Dolphins have won five straight. The 49ers have won four straight. So a fascinating matchup coming in. I'm sure you've heard, but the Dolphins, in games that Tua has started and completed, they're undefeated this year. How about the three road games that Tua has started and completed? They've averaged 36 points on the road, but they're giving up a ton of points on the road as well, the Dolphins. Combined their road games, 68.3 in those three starts. So a lot of points being scored, when two is in there it turns into a shootout. This total today in San Francisco, Michael, is 45 45 and a half.
4: Yeah, I mean, look, the the thing that that to me that you when you look at them and you go back and yes, he, the games he started they're undefeated. What the New England game. New England scored, I think they New England's de, the Miami's defense scored a touchdown and gave them a field goal. So 20 points scored that the offense put 10. You know, Buffalo's drops the ball off at the six. I mean, when they've played against a good defense, and I don't even think Pittsburgh's a good defense, and Pittsburgh held them to 16 points, right? I don't think Pittsburgh's a great defense and held them to 16 points. They've struggled because this offensive line and because teams that understand how to disrupt the quarterback becomes a problem. We'll see today how good San Francisco is defensively, And then I think offensively, San Francisco is starting to kind of turn the corner a little bit. I don't know if Debo Samuel's going to play today. There's some question whether he will. But for me, I think when you watch San Francisco, they are slowly moving up the ladder. They're getting better. You know, the last five games are the third best team in the league. The points per play, they're third in the league. If I said to you, who's better on points per play, San Francisco or Miami, everybody would say Miami. Not true. Miami's 12th in the league. San Francisco's third, Right. And I think ultimately, when you look at it, San Francisco is a better fourth quarter team. San Francisco, in terms of punts per play, is better. So I really like San Francisco here. I think when you break them down, the last 10 games, the last 10 games, San Francisco is the third best team in the league. They're getting better as the game, as the year goes on. Lombardi line
2: on Miami, San
4: Francisco. What do you got? I got four and a half in the market. What about your number? I have 5 1 6. I had this as a 5 1 6 game. And the game codes codes really surprisingly favor San Francisco, too. I mean, my game codes on this one is San Francisco's strong in 11 of the 19 areas. They're in the top 12, 11 of the 19s, whereas Miami is strong in – and they're as strong in nine. So it's a close – it's close. But the power ranking does favor San Francisco.
2: Okay, the Chargers are at the Vegas Raiders. We know Mick Lombardi, the offensive coordinator, is going to be there. But also – how about Millie Lombardi going to be in attendance? Millie and Bernadette, for, they're
4: all, yeah. We got Millie brought Bernadette, get, Bernadette, Bernadette in, be the, there? the good luck charm. Yeah, Bernadette's going to be there. She's a good luck charm for the games. Uh, you know, I, I think this is a lot to do with injuries, right? I mean, Mike Williams isn't going to play again. The first time they played the opening game of the year, Derek Carr threw three picks. And the Raiders got behind in the first half and had a chance to win the game at the end and couldn't make a play. But the story of the Raiders' season, the beginning, the last two weeks, that hasn't been the case. I think Jacobs will definitely play today. I think Jacobs will be running the ball effectively. I think they'll move the ball. I think the question's going to be, can they put some pressure on Herbert? Can they force Herbert to have to make some tough throws? And without Mike Williams, this offense tends to stall around a little bit. That's going to be the key. The Raiders have played better defensively the last two weeks. It's not been great, but it's been better. It's not what it was against Indianapolis. Let's say that. This is a big game for the Raiders. they a home game. They need to play better here. Carr needs to be able, and they've got to protect. This offensive line for the Chargers is beat up. I think both, you know, they they lost their left tackle, Slater early in the year. Pimpkins isn't going to play at right tackle. So this is a backup offensive line. On the road, you know, the Raiders, and I can see why this line has flipped. You know, the line has flipped because the Raiders have played better the last couple weeks, and their best players are playing better. Jacobs is playing great. Devontae's playing really well. And their offensive line has, has done a better job.
2: Yeah, this is a crazy market move. So, as you mentioned, Michael, the Chargers open two. The Raiders are now laying two and a half. So we've gone through zero all the way to the Raiders laying two and a half. The Chargers are giving up 5.4 yards per carry on the ground, which is disastrous. And Jacobs is coming off 229 yards on the ground against Seattle. So... That is probably going to be the focus for the Raiders here.
4: Yeah, and I think Carr's got to play really good today. I mean, Carr's got to play good. What I what I felt like, and I've said this to my son, one of the things I was proud about last week is last year when they played Kansas City at home, Jacobs fumbled on the first play of the game. Kansas City picked it up, and they scored a touchdown, and the game fell apart immediately. I think this Raider team has a little bit more fight in them. You know, the first play interception that Carr throws against Seattle, they, they're down 7 to nothing, and they went 11 plays and came right back in the game. I mean, the Raiders have a lot of resolve in them, and I think they believe in themselves and they're playing together. Carr's got to play well today. They've got to be able to make plays off script, and they've got to take advantage. They've got a lot of good players on, on the Chargers team, but the Raiders have always moved the ball. The Josh McDaniels offense has always moved the ball. New England beat them last year in Los Angeles. The first game of the year, they move the ball effectively. They just can't turn it over. Now
2: remember, Michael's got twenty what nineteen entry points in his algorithm. You got to add one, so there's twenty when talking about the Raiders because there's emotion involved. So oh yeah, I'll no doubt. Say, I mean, like I'll I'm a homer. Let's
4: face it. I'm. A, I, that's why you'll never hear me give out a Raider pick against no. who they're playing. I, I won't give out a Carolina pick either because I mean, look, I, I admit, I, and there's blood related in that. I I do that, but I'm also I, I also know like last week I was surprised they beat Seattle. I really was because I feel like Seattle was would have moved the ball better on the Raiders than they actually did and I didn't think the Raiders would get turnovers they got an interception and a fumble you know and so the Raiders have you know as much as I am in it I'm also realistic I'm not truly just a fan because when you're in the league you have to be honest with yourself
2: no 100% that's why I I preface it by saying that before I ask you what's the Lombardi line give me the number on Chargers Raiders and we'll go to break and come back with Thomas
4: Uh, my number on this game was the Chargers should have been a 2.21 favorite so you had it on the opener.
2: Now we've flipped yep. and we've gone to the Raiders laying it two and a half. That is a wild move. Gables next from behind the book at the Borgata.
4: You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
2: Lincoln Highway producing as we give you the betting splits. VEASAN.com slash subscribe to become a pro. Most are signing up just to get the betting splits. They're updated every 10 minutes from DraftKings. Again, money and bets for every game. You got to have this. If you're a bettor getting sophisticated, you got to know which way the money's going. Today's games and future events. VEASAN.com slash subscribe to get the betting splits. We got you back here. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. Michael was going through Uh, the lineup today what he's going to have on the tv uh i was confused did did michael say thomas gable of course our partner from behind the book did he say he has a european feed for these football games because that was wild.
6: that's what i heard as well yeah so is a european ip is that you have
4: to have a european (laughs) ip address you're going to get me in trouble they're going to come in and confiscate (laughs) you guys are going to get me trouble Come Sorry, on, Michael. Sorry. No, let's let's leave. It I don't, have any don't of give them. out your. Uh, your I, n- n- I I'm Sergeant Schultz leader. here. I know nothing. I don't know what you okay. guys are talking we, about. We, I have no a, there's idea. There's a
2: feed. There's a feed on a Sicily that we're not going to mention.
4: Let's, yeah. <laughs> I wish <laughs> it were. I wish it were, you know,
2: <laughs> we, hmm. we say hi to Thomas Gable, of course, runs the race and sports book. How did Saturday turn
6: out for you, big guy? Uh, rough start to the day for sure with uh, with the Kansas State TCU game. Uh, I mean, everybody was on Kansas State yesterday, and that Kansas State actually went off the favorite there. That uh, that flipped that all the flipped, way through. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, uh, it was. Uh, that, that, that wasn't just good. here though. I mean,
4: our man. Oh, everybody Jick-Jack, was on Kansas Jick-Jack, State everywhere. Jick Jack's crying. I mean, yeah. he's got a bucket full of
6: tears too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So crying. I mean, it was a it, that was uh, that was one for the betters for sure that game and you know, obviously it came down right there went to overtime uh tcu had a chance could have not punch it in there and they had the uh first possession there in overtime couldn't punch it in and uh lose on the field goal so hey when do they announce the final four is it
4: 12 I th- o'clock
6: today tomorrow I think it's, uh, it's tomorrow it's tomorrow oh. yeah
2: yep Yep. the committee will release the rankings tomorrow i'll get you the time on that michael so yeah tcu by the way michael and i were discussing this sneak the ball you've got inches to go two plays sneak the freaking ball my goodness that is a backbreaker if they don't get in and again you never know with the with the committee if they don't get in and it's because of that loss that's going to be fascinating okay yeah uh let's uh, let's adjust here week 13 what's your big i'm just going to ask you this way what's your biggest liability on the board right now on on the slate today
6: can't say there's really a a big liability at this point in any of these games a lot of them are evenly bet Uh, you know the I would say right now probably the Cowboys at at this point where it sits now that's obviously the late game tonight Uh, but yeah I mean it's uh, I wouldn't say there's a real big liability hanging out there for us right now
4: and and, so on my board there's very little money coming in on Philadelphia here in this shop. We know it's a Philadelphia sure. town. Are you getting a lot of Philly money, or is it, or the, is the variable factor
6: real well, here too? Well, we are taking Tennessee money as well, so it, this game's pretty balanced for us, which again is unusual yeah. uh, being here. But I, I think, and just kind of reading the Philadelphia fans and reading the area, um, you know, there's some nervousness uh, yeah. in Philly for this game because I mean, well, let's face it. Uh, Philly hasn't played a a particularly tough schedule, Uh, and and Tennessee coming in here, uh, I I think is going to give them problems. I mean, listen, Tennessee's defense is for real. Their their run defense is for real, and so I think Philadelphia's going to be challenged to run the ball, and obviously, you know, we've seen Philly's run defense uh, get a little bit better after the signings uh, with Sue, but, uh, you know, again, can they contain Derrick Henry?
2: Yeah. The two I want to ask you about, Michael and I, have been focusing on. Obviously, the key number three, the Jets at Minnesota. Are you still sitting three there? Because we saw some two and a halves yeah. pop up with Minnesota laying it.
6: Yeah. So this is actually one of those unusual games where typically when you open a game three, it's going to toggle back and forth, you know, throughout the week off of two and a half or three and a half. But this has stayed three all week here. And uh, again, you're starting to see, I think, some two and a halves pop there. Uh, some places have it juiced now, uh, towards, um, but I, I think for us, it, it again, it's pretty evenly bet game here be t- between both these teams. Uh, I think when you look at the Vikings, though, listen, they're two losses, and they're two losses this year. Justin Jefferson, he only averaged 40 yards per game in those two losses, and we we know the Jets have a decent defense, a decent secondary and they're gonna be able to get the cousins because it's not exactly mobile. Uh, so it's really gonna come down to that. Uh- and we've seen Mike White. I know a lot of people are on this Mike White train. Yeah. Uh, it might be a little bit too early to tell, but I think just everybody's so relieved that they have Wilson out of there. That's yeah. really what this comes down to for, for the Jets backers.
4: Yeah, and they forget that Mike White's thrown eight interceptions last time he played in three games. I mean, yeah. everybody kind of has amnesia when it comes to that. But are you getting a ton of Jet money here? Because on our board, no one's playing Minnesota at all. And it's and, and it's significantly, like on our board here, Yeah. 80,000 tickets, the next closest game is the Philly game at 76,000. I mean, mm-hmm. this game is really heavily bet, and no money's coming in on Minnesota,
6: yet the line has stayed exactly the same. This is the most heavily bet game for us here, uh, and, but the ticket count and money is, is very, very even. And that's
4: important, right, because I think, what, you know, everybody's always looking to see where how the line shifts based on the money, and, and when you get a game like this where it's even, this is it's the number's the perfect number.
6: Yeah.
2: The other one that we were talking about was Washington at the Giants. Right now, we've got Washington
6: 2.5. Yeah, so they're currently sitting 2.5. Washington opened 1.5 point favorites. And Heineke there, who's 5-1 and one as a starter this year, uh, certainly is... Outplayed expectations, I think, for for this team. Well, both of these teams have outplayed their preseason expectations at this point, and one of them will be sitting with eight wins after today. So, uh, the Giants obviously missing quite a few players there on Thanksgiving, uh, but I think with the extra days off, they're they're going to get a few guys back here. But you, you've seen, especially with the offensive line missing pieces there, Saquon Barkley's been contained the last three weeks, and. I think this Washington defense is going to be looking basically at the blueprint that Seattle and Detroit and Dallas used to shut down this New York run game.
4: Yeah, I mean, that's going to be the key. If, if They're going to be hard to run the ball on. And the Giants have to come up with a way to have short passes that can be completed to open up the run game. They're not going to be able to establish the run. They've got to establish the pass a little bit to run the ball and use Daniel Jones's feet. I yep. think they've got to get Daniel Jones involved in the run game today. Totally
2: agree. By the way, I was in a time warp. Today is Sunday. I thought it was Saturday. That you're going to get the announcement coming up, Michael. Your time noon. So, so I thought so. Oh, that's what yeah, I thought. Yeah, I I didn't think I, they were going to make us wait a whole day. Yeah, yeah. it's okay. Yeah, I mean, we all have it. Yeah, my brain yeah. completely yeah. shut and
4: down. And what's your uh, and what's your read on what, before we get back to the NFL? What do you think the five, What do you think the four will be?
6: Well, it's it's obviously going to be uh, Michigan, Georgia, Ohio State. Now that fourth team you know I, there's going to be complaining either in? way Who there's going to be complaining either way i'll just say that i'd like to see tcu get in there but again if you're going strictly off a of power rating uh standpoint you have to put alabama in yeah. there you have to that would be uh, great
4: games that would be yeah. the four best games i mean how about if tcu this? gets it at fourth if tcu goes in at four what would that line be what would you set that number at tcu versus georgia 17 and a
6: half 19 Somewhere in there. Oh, George is easily going to be a double-digit favorite for sure. For sure. I mean, uh, you know, I would probably. I don't think it'd be as high as 17, but uh, it would. um, It would be double digits. And you know, again, it's it's one of those things where I think, from a fan perspective, maybe I'd like to see TCU over over Bama, but you know. From a ratings perspective, they're going to want Alabama in there. Yeah, here. no doubt.
2: Yeah, and my assumption, Michael, to your point, if Bama and TCU met on a neutral, my guess is Bama would be a two-touchdown favorite, Thomas, yeah. somewhere yeah. in there, yes. 13 to 14. Yes.
4: So... That's yeah, why they that need a handicapper in the room. They need a handicapper in the room. Like they need somebody in there that understands truly what a power ranking is.
6: TCU would be a double digit underdog to any of those teams.
4: Right. I mean if they play Georgia, if they go 1-4, if they put TCU at 4, it's going to be a, it's going to be like Georgia got a bye week.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And just to reiterate Michael was right. Noon Eastern today, College Football Playoff Committee releases their final four. Okay. The, Seattle at the Rams. We've been surprised that this is dipped below seven. Have you dipped below seven with the with Seattle laying it on the road?
6: Yeah, it's six and a half here right now. And again, we opened this five and a half and obviously was, was up to seven. I think it actually touched seven and a half at one point. Now down to uh, six and a half. Again, a little bit of uh, Rams money here today, but uh, again this is a, a game where you think the Rams are kind of just throwing a, a almost a minor league team out there Seattle has everything to play for in this and while they kind of stubbed their toe the last couple of weeks you know this is a big game for Seattle and the Rams they just I think have pretty much given up on the season
4: yeah I, I don't understand the Ram love here like John Wolford look I think Seattle's a good team. I think Geno Smith will throw the football effectively. I mean, Marquise Goodwin's back. Now, he's been out a few games. They missed him. He's an explosive player. DK Metcalf. I, I, I think this is an important game, and let's be honest. There'll be more Seattle fans here than there will be oh, Rams Oh, for sure. There's
6: no home field advantage there's there no for home the Rams.
4: Fa- I, I don't get this at all. I mean, you want to play the Rams. I mean, I, look, I, I know I'm an idiot for playing the Texans in the Russo contest. I get that. <laughs> but, I mean, there's logic. By- I don't know the logic behind the Rams. Thomas
2: Gable. By the way, TG, you know he's a college basketball expert. He went, he gave me three plays yesterday, two and one. I got three more yeah. on deck today, so I'm going to keep those to myself. Thank you, Thomas Gable. Good Thanks, luck T.G. The book there at the Borgata. Thank Appreciate you, guys. Appreciate it. When we come back, Michael's got three official plays today, and we'll get leans. We're going to run the board, Lombardi line.
4: listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
2: Okay, you want points every time you make a bet? The only place to do it, BetMGM. It's betting's premier loyalty program. When you wager at BetMGM, the king of sports books, you're going to earn MGM reward points. You can convert those points into free bets, airfare. It's just a great loyalty program. Again, it's the best in the business. Visit BetMGM.com for more details or download the app. Again, 21 years or older, 1 800 gambler, if you have an issue. Okay, we got you back here. You wait for it every week. We run the board here with Michael Lombardi. You've got three official plays, including a Monday night play. So we'll get to that coming up in just a little bit. Uh, Michael and I were just having a discussion. Again, today, when they announced the rankings, if it's TCU, would be the public, and then Alabama would be the ratings, right? Because they almost, Ah. they're in a tough spot here.
4: Yeah, I mean, look, it almost is like unless you're in the Southeast Conference, you're not playing a tough schedule. And, look, I mean, TCU has has gone through it, and they played. They went into Texas and beat Texas. You know, Alabama went in there and beat Texas. It was a closer game. And you can go back and forth on all the nitpicking. But at the end of the day, I think it really comes down to the handicapping, right? What would – you know, if TCU's four and they're playing Georgia – you know they're they're going to be a double they're going to be a two touchdown dog and Georgia's going to roll them they're going to you know they're going to roll them and then you know then Michigan plays Ohio State and then we and then Ohio State's the benefit to, to me the team in the perfect spot is Ohio State they're going to end up three and they're going to be rewarded for not having to play the conference championship game if you put Ohio State in to me if you put Ohio State in and you keep TCU in you got to keep
2: TCU at three. Find out as soon as the Lombardi ends with the college football committee releasing the rankings. Okay, let's run the board. We'll start 451, the Jets at Minnesota.
4: Minnesota's laying three here, Michael. You know, I, I think I go back and forth on this game. I, I Minnesota has very been, we'll call it lucky, call it fortuitous, but I do think they'll play better at home. I'll take the Jets in the three only because it's three. I think it's a close game, a field goal game, and I think the Jets' defense has got to pressure Cousins. I like the Jets here.
2: Okay, Denver's at Baltimore, and Baltimore's up to nine and a half off the eight opener.
4: You know, I was going to take Baltimore at eight in the Russo contest, and by Friday it got to nine and a half. I still like Baltimore at nine and a half. I don't think Denver's in it. I think Denver's lethargic. I think Denver's kind of checked out. I don't think they're listening, Uh, and I think Baltimore needs to play well. It's time for Baltimore to get going, and I think Baltimore will take advantage of this.
2: Okay. Pittsburgh's at Atlanta. Interesting game, right? Pittsburgh's main yeah. one on the road.
4: You know, and it flipped. It started out Atlanta and went back to Pittsburgh. This is one of the games I like. I picked Pittsburgh in my Russo contest because I feel like this is a game that Pittsburgh can kind of control and they'll move the ball. Pickett will play better today than he's probably played ever, as long as they protect, which I think they can. Uh, Interesting game, Patrick. Fifty-seven percent of the of the tickets are on Pittsburgh. Eighty percent of the money. I love yep. low. T- I love that. I love that ratio. I like Pittsburgh.
2: Yeah, fascinating game. How about this one's a good one too. Great games today. Tennessee at Philly. Philly's lane four and a half. Michael.
4: You know, I, I, my instincts tell me to take Tennessee, and I will. I, I just think Tennessee will play a hard game, and they'll be hard to play. I think Tennessee will move the ball better than expected, and I think Tannehill will make some plays. Tennessee on the road almost seems like the better play. They they have a sense of purpose. They play together, and I think they have the speed to give Philly's offense some trouble. I think Philly wins the game, but I think it's a field goal game, Patrick.
2: Okay, how about this one? Jacksonville at Detroit. Detroit is laying a point, point and a half.
4: I'll give you a point. I, I'm going to take Detroit today, and I just think there to me Detroit, I, I think Detroit's playing better defensively. And I think Goff, I don't think they'll be able to pressure Goff enough. And I think there's enough receivers now with Chark back with uh, with St. Brown. I mean, they've they've got some things going and Swift back in the backfield. I think Detroit can move the football on, on Jacksonville, and I think Jacksonville will make mistakes in the game.
2: Honolulu blue and silver pride and Jamison Williams has been activated. Okay. Next one's Washington at the Giants. We'll save that. That's an official play from
4: Michael. Cleveland is
2: at Houston. It's 7.5 now, so I'll give you 7.5 yeah.
4: with Cleveland laying it. When Thomas walked off the stage here today, I said, Thomas, this." so every – you know, I'm monitoring the money on my board every single second here. So the, now it's down to 7.5. It went to 7.5 now. It was at 8 when we got here this morning. So money's yep. coming in on Houston, but it's fascinating. 47% of the tickets are on Houston. 70% of the money is on Houston. And remember, when we were talking about the money line – on the money line on this, 95% of the money line is on Houston. I'm going to take Houston in the seven and a half, and it's not a handicap because there's no reason to take Houston. There's not. It's just an instinct based on situational awareness.
2: Green Bay is at Chicago. Both Rogers and Fields will play, and Green Bay is laying four on the road.
4: I, I think Green Bay gave up 500 yards to Philadelphia trying to defend the six-back offense. I don't think they'll be able to defend the six-back offense of Chicago. You know, and unless Fields is injured and he hurts himself and they have to go to uh, Perryman or back, uh, Simeon's out, so they got to go to Perryman, Uh, I think I I would take the points. I think it's a field goal game. Look, Green Bay's just not all of a sudden going to be great offensively, and defensively I think they're slow.
2: Seattle at Los Angeles is an official play. I'll come back to it, Michael. Miami's at San Francisco, and San Francisco's laying four and a half.
4: I almost made this official play. I, I really like San Francisco here. I think San Francisco, I think they'll know. Mike McDaniel, I think the pressure, bad offensive lines don't travel. And when you lose your two starting tackles and you're not a great line and your quarterback has to get rid of the ball quickly against a really good defense that reads the quarterback's eyes, well, I'll take San Francisco.
2: Okay. Uh, this one, obviously, comes with some emotional Situations involved, but the Chargers are at Vegas. And Vegas is all the way up to two and a half. Wow.
4: You know, Vegas has been getting bet by other people, not by me. And 42% of the tickets are on Vegas. 79% of the money is on Vegas. So that's why this line's flipped. I, I think Vegas is playing better right now. Second row game for the Chargers. I'll take Vegas.
2: This time of the year this is the best vibe around the Raiders so far this year, right? There yeah, no seems doubt. to
4: be like a, 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 a,
2: and that's a good job by the coaching staff kind of going getting through the tough good times. Good job by the players. The, the
4: players have the players have bought in. In spite of what the worldwide leader was trying to sell and everybody's trying to run the coaches out of town, the players have bought in. That's the difference. To me like when I watch Denver, I don't see the players buy it in. When Correct. I watch the Raiders, I see them buy it in. Big game today in Cincinnati. Kansas City's laying two-and-a-half at the Bengals. I go back and forth on this game. I'm going to take Cincinnati. I'll take the home dog with the points. I, I, I don't love it. It's a lean completely. I, I, my numbers are right there. I'll take Cincinnati. I just think Burrow's playing well in Chase, and I think they can beat man-to-man coverage. Your boy, Jeff
2: Saturday, at the Cowboys. So the Colts, Cowboys, and the Cowboys are laying ten-and-a-half.
4: I'll take the Colts at ten-and-a-half. It's too many points. I mean, look, I don't like the matchup. I think the Colts' will t- the offensive line will get exposed here. I think the speed of the Cowboy defense will be a problem. But the Cowboys struggle to stop a good run game. The-, the Colts have to reduce the game and play this game slow and try to keep Matt Ryan from hurting them, which I think they can. And their defense will play better. So I'm going to take the Colts 10.5 a is a lot of points.
2: Okay, one of your official plays is New Orleans-Tampa Bay on Monday. We'll save that for tomorrow. show, a little bit of a tease. So let's get to today's official plays. Washington at the Giants. Washington's lane two and a half.
4: I, I don't love it. I took Washington at two and a half. I think, to me, I think it's a field goal game. I'm not sure the Giants are healthy enough to kind of bounce back. I think Daniel Jones will play well today but I also think Washington can move the football on them. And, look, if I lose, that means Russo lost too, so I'll go with that.
2: <laughs> a loss turns into a win in that scenario. Exactly.
4: Exactly.
2: Um, Seattle, you got a good number here. You're going to lose Seattle.
4: I really do. This is one of my strongest plays of the day. I love Seattle. I think Seattle's the better team. I think the Rams are going nowhere. I think it'll be a little bit – I think it'll be back and forth. I think the Rams will take advantage. We'll move the football on Seattle. But I think Geno Smith will play well. A team off a two-game losing streak, I like Pete Carroll. I think they'll get it going. I think Kenneth Walker will run the ball. I think without Aaron Donald inside, it's going to be a real problem for them to play great defense. Now, the thing that keeps you worried about why you might like the 6.5 is because the Rams are the number two team in the league in red zone defense. That being said, I think Seattle's skill is just too great. I think Seattle and Geno will play well today.
2: Okay, officially Seattle Lane 6.5. The Commanders Lane 2.5. Michael Lombardi, it's week 13. We're into December now. And there's some... This is this is where it's... Every game is going to be teams. fun.
4: Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, look, you could say, well, Atlanta-Pittsburgh, that game's meaningless. Yeah, it may be meaningless to you, but it's going to be a fun game to watch. Even the Cleveland-Houston game, I think it's going to be a fun game. I want to watch, see what Watson does on his return. There's so many good games and there's so many games that are going to have implications next month. This Tennessee-Philadelphia game is really going to be a strategy game in terms of watching that and seeing how people play Philly. It can... Fill can... Can Philly get their defense back on track? Can Philly get their offense going a little bit? I know they gained 500 yards last week against Green Bay, but that's it. And then where's Green Bay? What are we doing with Green Bay anyway? I mean, how can they be out of it? If they lose today, they're out of it completely.
2: A lot of pressure on Millie and Bernadette there in Vegas today. To deliver a win. Yeah, they better
4: have. They better do it. (laughs) Countdown to kickoffs coming up
2: next with Brent Musburger. Thank you, uh, Stephen Bond. Thank you, Elliot Bauman. Thank you, everybody. Mikhail back at Circa. Michael, enjoy your day today. Enjoy the football. Thank
4: you, Patrick. Same to you.
2: Countdown to kickoff with Brent is next.